What's up, everybody? Welcome to Sweat the Bet, presented by Odds Jam, with your host, Matt underscore Modi underscore Bets and Parlay Doc. Hope you enjoy. All right, we're live. All right. What is up, everybody? So welcome to the first episode of the Sweat the Bet podcast brought to you by OddsJam.com. I'm your host, Andrew Kim, a.k.a. The Parlay Doc, if you follow me on Twitter. And here with me is my co-host, Matt Modi. So since this is our first episode of Sweat the Bet, we're going to just start off with some brief intros. So again, my name's Andrew Kim. I'm from the Chicago suburbs, so obviously I'm a huge Bulls and Bears fan. I've been sports betting for over 10 years now. Uh, I love betting on the NBA, the NFL. Uh, WTA women's tennis is my guilty pleasure. I don't know why, <laughs> but I've just become obsessed with women's tennis over the years, betting on that, probably to the detriment of my bankroll at times. But uh, that's a little bit about me, and I'm going to pass it off to Matt to introduce himself. Yeah, thank you. So uh, my name is Matt Modi. I'm a content producer and betting analyst for OzJam. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Matt underscore Modi underscore bets. I don't have a fun handle like Parlay Doc or anything like that. Um, but, um, so I am a Philly sports fan, um, born and raised in DC area, but all my family's from Philly. So I just grew up in the life was basically told if I didn't grow up a Philly sports fan, I'd have to sleep outside. So, you know, how you know, how Philly fans are, um, mostly Sixers and Eagles, but when the Phillies get good, I'll, I'll ride that bandwagon. And I'm actually new to sports betting. I, I've been sports betting for a little over, uh, a little over two years now. Um, and it just became legal where I am in Virginia last year. So I've only been using the sports books for like a year, but been sports betting for about a little over a little less than two and a half years. Cool. Cool. All right. So we'll jump right into it, guys. So basically we're going to kick off every show with what we call the opening tip off, where we kind of give some introductions of what we're doing and give some hot takes right at the beginning. So today, for those of you that, that just tuned in, we're going to be talking mainly about some of the NBA futures in the future landscape. We're going to talk about the number one seeds in the East and the West, and are they legit or are they fakers? We're going to talk about the NBA MVP race and talk about is there any value at all in fading Joel Embiid. We're going to talk Elam endings and talking about whether we should adopt this in the regular season, the playoffs, beyond just the All-Star game, and then talking about Joel Embiid and James Harden is should we buy into the hype? Yes or no? And so to kick this off, my opening tip off, my opening tip off comment is Joel Embiid and James Harden right now, as we speak, they are the most lethal duo in the NBA. Pick and roll, pick and pop, pick your poison. They are unstoppable. That's what I'm selling, Matt. Are you buying that? Well, as a Sixers fan, as I, re- I made sure to wear, <laughs> I made sure to wear my polo uh, or my quarter zip on the first one. <laughs> Um, I mean, my opening tip off is very similar. I'm incredibly jazzed about the Sixers. Uh, they're three and since adding James Harden. Granted, they beat the Knicks twice and the Timberwolves once, so it's not like they've beaten anybody that great. But I looked up the stats with Embiid, Harden, and Maxi, who is the third star. With them on the floor, they are plus 61 in 68 minutes. <laughs> so, and just incredibly, incredibly, um, just they've been so good together, just an incredible success. So just really, really had to, uh, had to highlight that for my opening tip. Gotcha. Gotcha. So sounds like you're buying what I'm selling today. 100%, 100%. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. So it sounds like we had similar, similar opening tip off comments for today, huh? Yeah. It's funny how that works. <laughs> I think, right. I mean, 
they just beat the Knicks by like 16 last night. So I think it's just fresh in everyone's mind. Yeah, no, they're looking sharp. They're looking sharp. So moving on, we're going to go into our next segment called Sweat or No Sweat, where each of us every week we're going to come in and bring a topic about whether we think this will come true and it's going to be a sweat versus a no sweat type of scenario. So obviously, like I said, I'm from the Chicago area, so I want to bring some of the Chicago vibes and the Chicago excitement, just like you Philly fans have some excitement. So obviously I'm excited about the Chicago Bulls. It's been a long time coming since the Bulls have been good. I'll I'll put it as simply as that. But (laughs) this year with DeMar DeRozan, um, obviously, we've had some injuries. We've been plagued with some injuries. We're missing Caruso. We're missing Lonzo Balls. Our defensive efficiency has gone down. But here's my comment for you. I want you to tell me, Matt, is this a sweat or a no sweat? All right. The Chicago Bulls will The Chicago Bulls will make it out of the first round of the playoffs. So if the rankings stay the way they are right now, the Bulls would play the Raptors, but the Nets are right behind them. So it's possible they're going to play the Raptors or the Nets if the Nets move up. So knowing that one of those two might be their opponents in the first round, the Chicago Bulls will make it out of the first round of the playoffs. Sweat or no Ooh, sweat? That is a good one. I'm going to go with no sweat, as you see on the screen here. Um, I, the, the Bulls are actually um, one of the things I wanted to talk about as, as far as one of my um, – one of my points, um, I feel like, they're the, so they're the two seed right now, as you said. They're two games back from the Heat, I believe, or one and a half, something like that. Um, and they've done that, I mean, without two of their, probably their best defenders in Lonzo Ball. And I mean, I don't need to tell you this, but Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso. So I feel like the fact that they've just kept on winning, missing those two, I like it. I mean, they have the scorer, DeRozan's just been phenomenal. Um, they have, the, I mean, the really good defenders, on-ball defenders, off-ball defenders in Caruso and Lonzo Ball. I, I'm going no sweat. I think that's... I like that one. Gotcha. Gotcha. I think because I'm a paranoid Bulls fan and we've just been so miserable for so long, there's this lingering paranoia <laughs> that that Zach Levine maybe just isn't as healthy as as it seems. And I'm just worried that there's some lingering knee issues. But minus that's the one thing that's making me say I might be sweating a little bit, but I agree. I'm, I'm hoping this is the year they have a breakthrough and it's not just a fun regular season team, but they can make a little bit of a push. So I'm, I'm hoping you're right. Yeah, it all just depends on matchups, to be honest. Like the East is so jumbled together. Um, I mean, depending on how the standings shake out, like you said, they could they could somehow end up playing the Nets in the first round. They could play, I mean, they could play the Bucks in the first round if both teams fall, but then they could play, like you said, the Raptors, the current matchup. I think they could beat the Raptors. The Cavs, who are, you know, a, a plucky upstart team, I think they could beat the Cavs, who are currently the five seeds. So I think it just depends on seeding, but yeah, I like that one. I'm going no sweat. Got it. So what do you got for me? What do you so got? So mine is uh it's Sixers related. Um, so right now they're the three seed. Um, my prediction or sweat, I should say sweat or no sweat is I think that the Sixers will end as the number two seed in the East. So I think they'll jump one spot, but not to the one seed. Oh man. I'm, I'm actually going to say no sweat. I, I, I think the sec, I, I think the Sixers with the addition of Harden, um, I, I think they're going to make this push. My, my, my concern is that, you know, the bulls have, you, you've seen they're vulnerable, um, you know their their defi- their defensive efficiency is down. Um, Zach Lafine doesn't look a hundred percent. How many games in a row can you ride Demar? Apparently, a lot of them. Apparently, but a lot. Some, yeah. <laughs> but at some point, um, you can't just simply outscore everybody, right? And um, I, and I just think the way that the Sixers are playing, the momentum that they got, I, I can see that happening actually to the detriment of my own team. I, I would say, and I don't see anyone catching them at this point with the final push. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with 
no sweat. I'm buying into that. So I say no sweat on, on the Sixers making a final push and moving up the rankings a bit. I like it. I, I was close to putting them as the one seed, uh, but I did a little bit of, of digging. So the Sixers currently have the 11th hardest schedule remaining. Uh, the, the Heat have an easier schedule. They have the 19th hardest schedule remaining. So strength of schedule, it favors the Heat. I also, I looked at uh, the teams behind them. Like right now, Milwaukee's right behind them, but they have the hardest schedule left in the NBA. And then the Celt- the Celtics, who have been streaking since, um, I mean, they won, they won 10 straight and then they lost one, but they've been streaking. They have the fourth hardest. So I don't really see anybody behind the Sixers catching them. It's more so just can they catch the Heat and the Bulls, which the Bulls I agree with. I think they can. They're 3-0 against the Bulls. They have the uh, tiebreaker over them. So, yeah, so, yeah I, I like it. I'm glad we, uh, glad we agree. Sounds good. Sounds good. So that's going to be a running segment we got each week. And uh, if you guys want, you know, if you guys have any ideas we want to talk about, make sure you send it into us. We'll have an email address for you at the end. So let's move on to the main segment of our show. So the main topics that we kind of teased earlier, the meat and potato segment of our show. So first off, we're going to kick it off talking about the remaining part of the regular season in the NBA. And we're going to take a look at the number one seeds in the West and the East. So are these current top seeds, are they legit or are they just posers and fakers that are <laughs> going to be awesome in the regular season and then just kind of fizzle out once you get to the playoffs? So we'll start off with the Western Conference. Right now, the top seed is the Phoenix Suns. We know they've been pretty dominant during the regular season. Right now, if you look at the odds, you know, they might be off a little bit. But right now, the Phoenix Suns, most sports books have them around plus 170 to, to win the Western Conference. So that was from FanDuel. So do you think the Phoenix Suns, are they legit or are they just kind of regular season posers? I'll kick it off by saying, look, I know that Chris Paul, you know, being out for basically most of the regular season is going to be a problem. But at the same time, you know, you could look at this as a blessing in disguise. I mean, you, you can see right now um, teams that they should beat, they're probably going to beat. I mean, we, we saw that yesterday. They took care of business, even without Devin Booker. I mean, yep. you have a pretty deep team, right? So, I don't think, you know, Paul missing the season, then kind of plugging back in right at the end of the regular season or right at the first round. I don't think chemistry will be too much of an issue. They got plenty of depth. They have the best plus minus differential. I think it's around eight points of a plus minus differential, which is like at the top of the NBA. They're scoring like 113.7 points per game. Opponents being held to 105.7. And this is in the NBA, right? We're scoring is, you know, it's just every, everyone's on a scoring spree where we're offensive minded, but they're holding a point opponents to about one Oh five. I looked at their schedule. I'm projecting them even with Paul missing and just kind of going through, I gave them the kind of easy layup wins, the ones that are kind of the tougher teams. I know I just kind of chalk some of those up as losses. I think they're still going to reach like 63 wins right around there. Um, and I think they are a pretty complete team. I mean, you, you, you look at their team rankings, they're pretty good offensively. They got good defensive rankings, rebounding rankings. I think they have the depth. They have the experience. They made, obviously, a deep push, almost got there last year. I think as long as Chris Paul, that's the X factor, he's actually healthy when he comes back. I think they're legit. I, I think it's hard to argue um, that they're not a legit team. So I'm going to say they're not fakers. They're a legit team. They're going to make a meaningful, deep run. In, in the Western Conference playoffs. What about yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. If we had done this segment last year, um, I was out on both one seeds. The Jazz and the Sixers were the one seeds last year. I was not I, – I would have t- told you both of them were fakers. But I, <laughs> I totally agree with you on the Phoenix Suns. I mean, they have they have a seven-game lead 
on the Warriors. They're 50 and 12. I feel like people just, since they made the finals last year, people are just kind of like, yeah, well, you know, the Suns are good. But um, I feel like, and, and, I mean, uh, to be honest, both one seeds, I think, are being a little bit under discussed. But I totally, totally agree with you. I mean, it doesn't scare me that. Yeah, uh, like you said, Chris Paul's out. They're they're a deep team. They're well coached. The uh, Devin Booker, I think it'll be interesting to see how long he's out for because he just got placed in the uh, the safe the health and safety protocols. So, yep. like yep. you said, they won without him. I think I think they'll be able to take care of um, of the bad teams uh, like they did. I guess that was last night. Um, and yeah, I mean they have the best point differential in the, in the NBA. They have the best record in the NBA. They're like the best net rating in the NBA. They're just everything about them is good. Um, yep. So I think I think they're legit. I think I mean they just went just went to the finals. I think they're the betting favorites to come out of the East. I think or the West. I think they're also betting favorites to win the title, which I think is yep. I think is totally fair. Um, people will look to the path they got to the finals last year and say that I mean every team they played was was missing someone, which is fair. But um, I think this team is awesome. They're they're well coached. They can beat you in so many ways. And um, yeah, I, I don't necessarily know like fully healthy Suns versus fully healthy Warriors if I would actually choose the Suns over them. But regardless, I think they're one hundred percent legit. They have a, they could definitely have a path to winning the title. One hundred percent. Okay, sounds good. So let's move over to the East, and I'm going to have you kick us off for the Eastern Conference. So right now, as we speak. Um, even though they had a total meltdown and, and mental fart and gave up that game last night to the Bucks yeah. at the last second, uh, the Miami Heat currently sit at the top of the Eastern Conference. Um, I think the I, I was surprised. Maybe I misread it, but I could have sworn it said they're like plus 500 or so uh, to stay atop of the Eastern Conference. But I'll take a look later. But so right now, the Miami Heat, as things stand, you tell me, you kick us off. Are they legit or are they fakers posers just regular season top seeds that aren't going to make a push um to answer your question they are currently fourth to come out of the east um they are plus 475 so i i am amazed at how under discussed the heat are they're the one seed uh they just made the finals two years ago i mean everybody tries to diminish the the bubble playoffs and all that stuff which i'm not here to argue the merits of that but they did i mean they just came off of a finals run uh they're the one seed and i looked it up so all three of their stars if you're like Jimmy Lowry and, and Bam, um, they've all missed significant time. Like Bam's missed 25 games. Jimmy's missed 19 games and Lowry's missed 15 yep. and, and they still, they just kept winning. Uh, they're getting Oladipo back. I don't know how important that's going to be because we haven't yep. seen him in, in years. So who, who knows? Who yeah. knows? Exactly. Who knows what he has left in the tank, but um, I'm surprised at how on a under just under discussed the heat are and then B how little love they're getting in terms of like just the betting odds. Um, so I don't know. I think they're legit. I mean, like, in a series with them and the Sixers, I don't know who I would predict to win that one. I would be really – as a Sixers fan, that I mean, that really scares me, Jimmy coming back to Philly. Yeah. No, it's tough. And, you know, for me, I, you know, the only thing I'll add is just I feel like once they get into the playoffs, right, and and now now it's playoff time, the stars got to shine. I feel like as weird as it sounds because he's, he's like their star player, I, it's weird to call him an X factor, but I feel like the style of play of Jimmy Butler to me is going to be an X factor. And – you know, this comes from me watching him from the Chicago Bulls days, um, you know, coming up under Thibodeau's wings and, and his tutelage and then seeing him go to the heat. It's just in the past, you know, I think we've seen him, you know, take a role where he's content kind of being facilitator for like almost three quarters. Right. And then kind of going into attack mode in that fourth quarter. In, yeah. And in the past, I think there was no I mean, it's fine. I mean, you know, he, he had to kind of be a jack of all trades, do everything. But now you got Lowry in the mix. Right. Lowry. 
you know, he's, if I'm not mistaken, he's somewhere around what, like six, seven assists per game. So you got a facilitator now. You got him. Bam is a versatile big man. You know, he's able to dish the rock, move things around. So it's like, I want to see Jimmy Butler just kind of be in attack mode. And, and I know that he has. He's like third in the NBA in free throws attempted. I think, you know, Giannis and Joel, they're like 11 point something free throw attempts per game. Jimmy, I was surprised how high Jimmy was. I'll be honest. He was somewhere around, yeah. I think, like eight free throws a game. Uh, I'd like to see that number go up, actually. And, and that's me kind of being, you know, obviously I'm not the guy in the court on the court taking all the hits going yeah. to the foul line. So it's easy for me to say, but. I'd want to see him kind of be in attack mode from like first quarter, not like I'm going to be content trying to get my teammates involved. It's like, you got Lowry to do that now. Now just be, be that attack mode guy, drive, dish it out for a three pointer, make good things happen or, or get to the free throw line, even 11, 12, 13, 14 times. And I feel like if he can kind of stay in that aggressive mode, I, I think that really could be like that X factor to kind of, just you know, dominate these teams because they have a lot of depth, they got a lot of weapons, and I, I just want to see him be aggressive from first quarter all the way through the fourth because you can't be you can't disappear. I know I know he had an off game yesterday; it's the regular season, but what was it? Six points, um, two free throws, six points. You can't vanish like that, right? So you you want to see him be aggressive, even if your shooting is off that night. Just just attack the rim then and get to the free throw line consistently all game long. So I'm hoping to see that from the Heat, but I agree with you. I. I feel like it's hard to say they're not legit. So that's, yeah. that's kind of my add on to that. So, yeah, I think with Jimmy, um, like you said, came, came up under the, the, um, the Tibbs tutelage. I think he's just conserving himself for the playoffs. I think he's really, I mean, he, just, I mean, he's not really that old in terms of age. I think he's like 29, 30, something like that, but he's probably 40 in terms of basketball years just because of how many heavy minutes Tibbs played him. Um, I mean, that guy was just playing insane minutes with the bulls when he came up. And then again, the half, the year and a half with the Timberwolves, same thing. Um, so I think a lot of that is just him conserving himself because uh, he, I mean, he was, he took over. He was awesome in the playoffs, the bubble year. He was awesome oh, yeah. in the playoffs for the Sixers the year before when they had him for that half a season. I mean, he was incredible. He ran the offense, especially in the fourth quarter. So um, I have no doubt that in, you know, the crunch time of a basketball game, Jimmy Butler, I mean, say a lot, you can say what you want about him, but that dude's got balls. <laughs> no, he's, and, and that's why, and that's why Absolutely. I just, I regretted it when the Bulls let go of him like that. Cause I mean, you want that guy. Oh, I love that, yeah. with, with that aggressive killer instinct, right? So I'm hoping we see him do that all four quarters in in the playoffs and, and make it a fun playoff series to watch. So yeah, as a Sixers fan, the Heat are the I would rather play the Nets than the Heat in the playoffs oh, by far. I, I, I mean, mean by far, yeah. You don't yeah, you don't I want mean, to run into them when they signed Kyle Lowry. I remember talking about this at the beginning of the season. I I thought the Heat would be a not bad, but a, a fine regular season team, but just be awesome in the playoffs because if you look at who they have. Those three, obviously, more built for the playoffs and regular season. And then, like, P.J. Tucker was awesome last year in the playoffs. I think that team is just built they're to some, like, 90s basketball, 90-88 playoff scores when they get in the playoffs. Not a team you want to face. So, they're legit. I totally agree. All right. Sounds good. Now, moving on. So, we're going to talk MVP candidates and MVP futures as they stand. So, right now, we're just going to go over the top five odds. So, Joel Embiid, he's around minus 110, the clear-cut favorite. You got Jokic at plus 330, Giannis at plus 550, DeMar DeRozan, go Bulls, plus 1,200, and John Morant at plus 1,300. So we'll go about one minute each here. We're lightning round thoughts. So, look, I think it's obvious that Joel, you know, he's got a clear-cut case. I understand, but, you know, I never like paying, you know, minus 110 odds on an MVP race. And who knows what happens? Some injuries, 
the narrative gets spun that now you have Harden, that's what you needed to kind of make that final push, blah, blah, blah. And I, I am, I do, when it comes to MVP awards, I do think narratives play a role. And for that reason alone, because if you argue from statistics, obviously my, my next, my selection won't have as much weight, but look, John Morant, okay, averaging 27.6 points per game on 49.8% field goal percentage. Okay, so it's not just pure junk volume. He's, he's shooting at an amazing clip. 5.9 rebounds, 6.6 assists, 1.2 steals. And then you add that narrative piece. Yeah. He, he is dynamite. He is electric. Then you add in, I looked at their schedule. And, you know, I was being fair and maybe I'm being a little overly generous, but if they can keep this heater going and he's playing at this elite caliber level, I can see the Grizz ending up 57 and 25 and being the second seat. And I think if they can do that and they can overtake the Warriors, I'll make a case that the NBA wants to buy into a narrative and crown another superstar just to create more buzz. And I think there's a slim shot that John Morant could take this. So I am I am going to sprinkle. I'm going to sprinkle maybe 40 bucks, 50 bucks on John Morant plus I don't hate 100. It. So I don't hate it. I mean, I I agree with you um regarding like you don't want to lay 110 or 120 uh, minus 110, 120 odds on MVP, especially I mean, if if you look at this time if you just rewind a, a literal year ago today, Embiid was the betting favorite to win MVP. Him and Jokic were one and two. And then Embiid, he hurt his knee and he missed three weeks and then he couldn't. And then, and so, yep. um, and like, as much as I love Embiid, he, I think as of last night's game, he's officially played more games than he's missed. So I'm glad that he's a, he's been able to, since those missing those first two years, stay relatively healthy, but he's always at risk for missing a couple weeks. Like he really hasn't had a catastrophic injury since those two bone breaks, but uh, every year he's had something at the beginning of this year, he uh, missed time with COVID, which obviously that's not injury prone. A ton of people had that happen, but um, I, I mean, as much as I love the guy and I do, if I had to guess, I would say he probably wins the MVP. Like the, I agree. the, the yep. narrative is there. Uh, like he, 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 I mean, that team had no business being as good as they were this year until they got hardened. He just, I mean, absolutely incredible. Um, I believe he's the lead, still the leader in points per game. He is. Yep. Still number one. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. And he scored 30 points in two of the three games with Harden, he's shooting like 60 or 70% on passes directly from Harden. So I think his statistics are only going to get better and the Sixers record will only get better. But I I, like, like you said, I just can't lay minus 120 or minus 110 odds. So actually my, I I do like the John Moran. I think you have a really good argument. Um, I'm surprised you didn't go with DeMar DeRozan. (laughs) That's who I thought you were going to (laughs) say. I I mean, my heart says it, but I I actually think, there's more buzz, and and I feel like, you know, just because of his age, it's like we want this guy to be the next. This is going to be the face going forward. So I'm I'm thinking from like that NBA business executive angle, like, and, and just kind of the buzz that was around like the All Star game. I just I I just I I think the narrative piece, you know, and the excitement and kind of like the future of the NBA. I, I think that narrative plays a little bit more favorably to Josh. So that's the only reason I kind of did that versus going with my heart with a. Uh, my Chicagoan uh, inclination. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, they're, the the Grizzlies are pretty locked into at least the top three seed, as you said. Yeah. They're only half game back from the Warriors as of right now. They're uh, three games ahead of the fourth place team, the Jazz, and they're just rolling. I mean, they they won games. They kind of remind me of like your your Bulls or the Heat, where like no matter who misses time, they just they just keep on winning. And I love the, the plucky young squad like the Grizzlies have like I'm a huge NBA draft guy huge NBA draft nerd and they have so many just like draft Twitter crushes with um 
with Desmond Bain, with yep. Jaron Jackson, just a ton of ton of just good quality players. The Anthony Melton. So I could see Ja, but I, if I had to give one prediction that wasn't um, Embiid, I would actually I feel like Jokic isn't getting enough love again because of he won last year. I know he's a second favorite, but he's almost ha- playing better, like having better stats than he had last year. The thing that against him is they're the sixth seed right now. And yeah. I think only one time in the Russell Westbrook year, which I, I mean, um, has not been looked upon fondly. History has not looked upon that fondly when Russell Westbrook won that a team this low in the standings had a player win MVP, but I mean, they haven't had Jamal Murray all year. They haven't had Michael Porter for essentially all the year. His stats are his counting stats are better than last year. And so the record is 36 and 26. The Sixers are only two games better than the Nuggets. It's just a difference because of the, the, the West is higher than the East, but that's the only reason why the Sixers um, like are the three seed versus the Nuggets. The, the Nuggets would be tied for the five seed close to being the four seed if they were in the East. So I just think Jokic should get more love. I agree. No, you're right. I mean, my only comments will be he's basically a walking triple double. And I think the only things that go against it are the seeding and the record of his team and just voter fatigue, like fatigue, voter fatigue, is huge. voter fatigue. That's, that's it. Other than that, you're right. I mean, he's, he's a monster. He's a beast and not probably not getting enough recognition. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I agree. My only, my only comment is uh, why I think it should be Embiid as of right now over Jokic is I think Jokic is probably better on, on offense than Embiid is, but Embiid is just, he's an A plus on defense and Jokic is just average. So I think the full, the, the full scale of both of their games, I think Embiid has him just how much better he is on defense. Yep. No, I agree. I agree. All right. So moving on to the last two topics, these are going to be more lightning round thought types of topics. So Elam endings. So for those of you who are not familiar with that term, E-L-A-M, Elam endings. <laughs> so basically this was used in the all-star game. It's, it's actually used in a couple other, you know, collegiate, like other leagues. And basically it's to try to make the endings of games more exciting. So we can get rid of all these dead balls, repeated fouls, excessive timeouts and stoppages. Cause basically the last, you know, three, four minutes of a game sometimes can take 30, 40 minutes. Right. So basically in an Elam ending, um, the way I can summarize it is once you're in the fourth quarter and you reach the first dead ball or kind of timeout under four minutes with four minutes or less happening, you designate a target score based off the team that's in the lead. So the most common, common example is once you hit that dead ball spot around four minutes, you add eight points you know, to where the current um, winning team score is, and that's the target score. And whoever reaches that first, that's the winner. And then you turn off the clock, and then you kind of take away the incentive to foul constantly because that's going to lead to free throws, and then the other team's going to hit that target score first. So it's to try to reduce all the stoppages, make it more frantic and hectic, and make it more exciting. So we saw an exciting ending in the All-Star game. So the question is, so we're going to do 30 seconds apiece. Do you want to see the Elam, the Elam ending translate to the regular season playoffs finals yes no and why so why don't you kick it off Matt? <laughs> um all right 30 seconds no as far as transferring it to everything but yes to the g league yes if they do some sort of in-season tournament and i think it should i think it should be tested i think honestly i think the biggest thing people wouldn't like about it is what are you going to do to like how are you going to price totals like how are you going to take into like betting on an over under i think that's going to be a huge thing because at the end of the day betting is going to take precedence over anything. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that needs to be figured out, but overall I like it. It's how every pickup game is played, but I think, uh, I think it should start at lower levels before it goes up to the NBA. Sounds good. So my 30 seconds will be, 
I'll say I'm going to hedge. I'm going to say yes to the regular season because we all know how the doldrums of the regular season, especially kind of this during like the midway point can get some of these teams. Like we just want these games to end. We're just like, come on, stop dragging this on. So I'd say the NH, the NHL has, they got it right. It's these frantic frenetic endings. That's what I want to see in the regular season. I don't know. Like you said, I'm, I'm a little reluctant to buy in for the playoffs and the finals when you want to use every bit of strategy possible and utilize those timeouts, et cetera. But I'm saying, Let's do it for the regular season for a season. Let's see how it goes. We as betters and sports books will adapt. We'll focus on totals for like the third quarters or something. Or we'll <laughs> fair. Totally third. fair. Totally my, fair. My only comment would be we're going to get rid of buzzer beaters, right? So there's going to be no more buzzer beaters. But every game would have a game winning shot. But every game would have a game winning shot. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. I, I actually like your I like your idea better than mine. Yes, for the regular season. No, for the playoffs, at least for now. I think um, – I mean, the regular season, the NBA is, is so boring. Like somebody, yeah. it's especially, I mean, once uh, the trade deadline's over, I mean, everybody's just going through the motions trying to get to the playoffs. So I think, I love that. And regular season, 100%. Anything to make the regular season more exciting, I think is a good idea. All right. And sounds good. And our last lightning, lightning round topic for before our best bets, Joel Embiid and Harden. So massive, massive success early on, like we said at the beginning with both of our kind of opening tip hot takes. So is this sustainable or is this going to fizzle out and your concerns or things you're encouraged by for the impact on the other players? So I'll start off really quick. So I think this is sustainable. I think they are going to make a legitimate push into the playoffs. I think Maxi is going to, I think, you know, he is going to thrive being kind of more in an offensive oriented. I just got to shoot and score now and just get some buckets. I'm wondering what Tobias is going to do. He did a little better this past game, but I'm wondering what his role is going to be. Is he almost better suited to kind of stagger his minutes and like lead the B units and just kind of be the, be the main guy for that B unit and just get his bucket. So I, I'm curious to see what Tobias, what will happen to Tobias, but I think they're going to sustain this through the playoffs. I totally agree. I mean, Maxi, if you look at his stats, it's again, three games with, with Harden, he's been over 20 points, all three games. He's hit two, three and four, three pointers in consecutive games. So he's been shooting more. Um, he's been absolutely incredible. And I think he's just like in awe of how much space is now on the floor just with uh, just with having Harden there. I mean, don't even get I mean, Embiid, nobody's going to enjoy more than Embiid. But as far as Maxi, second year player. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's been incredible. And then Tobias, I mean, don't even get me started on Tobias. He might be. He's the, I mean, everyone, when you talk about Tobias, you have to mention how nice of a guy he is and how good he is for the team and the community, because there is nobody that is less fun to watch play for your basketball team than Tobias Harris. I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad player and I'm not even talking about his contract. He is just frustrating to watch. It is like a chore. Um, so he's probably going to struggle, but um, I think even if he struggles, I think having Embiid Maxi and now Tyrese as, or, or sorry, Embiid Harden and now Tyrese Maxi as quote unquote, the third star, not star level, but whatever you want to call him top 50 player. Um, I think I think it's big time, and I think it's 100% sustainable, 100%. Gotcha. Cool. All right, you degenerates. I know you've been waiting <laughs> for this, so everyone's going to fast forward and get to this part, but it's the best bets for tonight's TNT nationally televised basketball game. So first game up, Memphis Grizzlies at the Boston Celtics. So each of us are going to come bring you know our thoughts about a potential betting angle or best bet. So I'm going to start off for this game at least. So my bet that I'm going to take, so I'm actually betting this myself, so I'm not just promoting this, I'm going to bet this, is I'm going to take a player prop here of Steven okay. Adams, over 10.5 rebounds. He's got a hit rate of hitting this 80%. 
in the last 10 games. So eight out of the last 10 Celtics are just middling. They're just 16th rank team ranking of 16th and rebounds allowed versus opponents. And you're getting minus 110. So pretty, pretty good odds for something that Steven Adams is hitting at a 80% clip. So that's going to be my player prop for this game. So what do you got cooking now? Okay. Um, I like that one a lot. I'm, I'm just looking straight at the spread and I'm taking the Grizzlies plus two and a half minus one Oh five on points bet. Um, it's positive expected value play. And um, Jalen Brown's out tonight, right? Am I, isn't he out tonight? Yeah, so I think, yep. yeah, so I, I was surprised to see the Grizzlies still underdogs here, even though I know the Celtics have been hot and that it's in Boston. But this Grizzlies team, there's just something about them. And I think getting the two and a half points, I thought about sprinkling money line, but thought about just playing it safe. But I like the Grizzlies plus two and a half. I like it. I, li- I like it. Nationally televised game. I think Ja's going to show out. I think he's going to want to drive it down their throats. He's just going to drive to the rack over and over. Sounds good. All right, the, the the late night game, Lakers at the Clippers. So you kick us off for this one. What's your best bet or what's your bet for this game, Matt? So I think um, this might be just a, fa- a gambler's fallacy, but I'm taking the Lakers' money line. I just I, I refuse to believe. So they've lost three, all three games to the Clippers so far. They just lost them like three nights ago. Yep. But I just refuse to believe a LeBron-led team is going to let himself lose to the Clippers all four times without Paul George, without Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I mean, his Clippers team – it's amazing that they're doing as well as they are missing their top two studs, but I guess I'm, I'm just feeling an underdog kind of night. I just give me the Lakers money line plus 125 on Caesars points bet and win bet. Again, another positive expected value play on odds jam. Okay. Okay. So, Ooh, okay. We're going to be on opposite sides on this one. Oh, no. So I'm yeah. And mine, mine's not a positive EV. This is my, just, this is the good old eye test, which is not a good way to bet, but I'm, I'm going to go with the Clippers spread minus two and a half. I don't know what the line is at now. This was this morning. I took minus two and a half. Um, and it was at minus one Oh five on DraftKings. So that's where I kind of took it at. So I think as much as I don't think the Clippers are that great of a team, but defensively they've been pretty solid and they've kind of, you know, just kind of like we've talked about some of these other kind of gritty teams, they've found a way where somebody steps up, whether it's uh, Ibaka Zubac or you got, you know, Reggie playing good one night. So I feel like they've, they've managed to figure out someone's got to step up tonight and they've just found ways to grind it out. And um, I'm going to roll with their consistency and grinding it out as painful as they are to watch sometimes versus a Lakers team that just looks like they're in shambles. So Fair. <laughs> um, we'll see. Let's see. I mean, the nice part is for this show, it's like a hedge. One of us is going to be right. That's true. Been, some, some of the followers out here are going to be happy. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Someone will be right. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, the, I just looked it up on like the odds jam, their free bet or um, odds page. It's uh minus th- minus two and a half now minus one Oh two on Fandle. So oh, even okay. Actually, so line actually, went the other way. Yeah. Yeah. Actually better odds, but yeah, that's fair. And I'll give a shout out. I love Ty Lue. I think he's a phenomenal coach. So um, <laughs> the, the Lakers are in shambles. Ty Lue has a good coach. I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't hate your pick. I just, I just refuse to believe that they're going to lose all four games to the Clippers. <laughs> all right. So we'll be, we'll be, we'll definitely be uh, DMing and tweeting each other later tonight. We'll see yeah. what happens. All right. So look, so this is our inaugural first episode guys. So we hope you enjoyed kind of going through this with us. Um, we, we want to start a mailbag segment. So for those of you guys out there, um, you know, make sure, you know, you subscribe here to our YouTube channel, follow us. Uh, on Twitter at oddsjam, visit oddsjam.com and send us some comments, send us some feedback. You see feedback, you see the email there below. Send us ideas of questions, whether it's about sports betting in general, um, topics you want us to kind of 
talk about, give us, give our hot takes, send us some stuff and we'll, we'll, we'll feature you. We'll put your username if you want us to, and talk about it in future episodes. So to wrap things up, we end every show with what's cooking. So what's cooking with you this weekend leading into the weekend, Matt? So I'm here on the East coast. Uh, we're supposed to get beautiful weather on Sunday. So what's cooking for me. I got two dogs. I got uh, one I rescued a COVID, a COVID puppy. Uh, it's about two years old. I just, I also adopted a chocolate lab over the summer. She's about eight months or nine months, uh, taking the pups for a hike on Sunday. Um, got a nice trail near my parents' house where I grew up taking the pups for a hike. Nice. Nice. What about you? So yeah, it's weird. I think Saturday it's supposed to be here in the Chicago area. It's going to be like 60 something. And then Monday it's going to snow because that's how it works yes, in Chicago. Course. Yes, so, of course. <laughs> um, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to try to take advantage of the nice random warm weather. Um, I got a six-year-old kid. So I'm going to take my six-year-old son, Tyler, out. We're going to try to hit up some museums, uh, pay some expensive $40 Chicago parking in order to go to these museums, um, and then try to make the most of the day, hang out in the city, eat some good food. So it's going to be a city day. So a rare nice. city day for this boring suburbanite right here. So try to enjoy the rare warm weather in, in Chicago in March, basically. I like it. I like it. I just got to give a shout out to one of my dogs, Jojo, named after Joel Embiid. I'm taking full responsibility if he wins MVP this year. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. So thank you guys. So everyone who follows us, you know, on Twitter, on YouTube, our social media accounts, we really genuinely, you know, we appreciate your support. We love the interaction with you guys, all the comments you leave us, the DMs, the messages. We're happy to answer questions and try to be a helpful resource to you guys. So, um, you know, I hope you enjoyed our first episode. So, you know, look for us on all of your typical, you know, podcast, uh, you know, apps, whether it's, you know, iTunes podcast, um, you know, Google podcast, Spotify, look at all the major places. You'll be able to catch us there. You can replay this video um, podcast on YouTube. Um, so follow us, like us, subscribe. We hope you guys enjoy this and good luck on the best bets tonight. And we'll, we'll, we'll you know, we'll wrap it up next. We'll talk about how the bets went in our next episode. So until next time, guys, I hope you enjoyed our first episode of Sweat the Bet brought to you by oddsjam.com. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and let us know what you thought. Thank you. Thank you.